Hey. What's up? It's John Boy and Jake Radio. Today we got the Giants Monday Night Football. We got a bunch of weird news stories. We got some other national stories. We got a lot of fun stuff. And we got Shannon Hoon singing to us. Because it's Dead Tuesday, Jake. And Shannon Hoon, rest in peace. He died 1995 from a drug overdose. I think cocaine. A little blind melon. Blind Melon is, you look at like videos of Shannon Hoon interviews, and he's what costume stores would have made, what costume stores would make 90s outfits out of. You just going mute? Good morning, Jim. How are you? What was that? I don't know. I didn't know if you want me to talk or not. You were rolling. (laughs) Yeah, rest in peace. All I can say is my life is pretty, pretty plain. Pretty strange. Yeah. I like counting something. I like counting something. Do you know the lyric? Oh, you know I'm not a lyrics guy, Jim. It's a good tune. Good track. That is a good... That is a good... Uh, that is a Blind Melons cause is a weird, weird band name because as far as I know, all melons are blind. That's not a song you change if it comes on. No, you let that ride out. It's like, it's a weird feel. Because I was thinking, is that not like happy, or not, happy's the wrong word. Is that not upbeat enough to start a radio show with? And then I think it's it's a happy song. It's upbeat. But then it's, yeah, I don't know. All I can say is that my life is pretty plain. You don't like my point of view. You think that I'm insane. It's not sane. It's not sane. I just want someone to stay, say to me, oh, I'll always be there when you wake. That yeah. sounds sad. All music sad. Hot take. It is Tuesday, Jake's least favorite day of the week, but you look like you're set up in your own apartment. Yep. No delays. Nope. So do you having a good Tuesday thus far? Oh, no, it's fucking terrible. It's the worst day of the week. Nice. I just had to can bags and bags of cans downstairs for a can drive for my girlfriend's work. I'm exhausted from that. No, it's Tuesday. Buckle down, people. It's going to be a bad day. Enjoy it. Everyone enjoy your bad day. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just use that drop every Tuesday. Well, well, the sooner everyone appreciates that, you will have better Tuesdays. I love Tuesday, so I I'm, uh, I I enjoy it. It's one of my it's one of like my- a normal day of the week. If a car splashed me with a puddle, I would be like, "Oh, this sucks. I'm wet. I probably have to change clothes. This sucks." Tuesday, I would just I think I'd give the car a salute and continue on my day, and I just roll into wherever and say, "Hot Tuesdays, huh?" And they'd be like, "Who are you?" That's not a thing. Oh, it is, though, Jim. No, that's oh, what they say to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I just say back. Oh, it is. Oh, nice. All right. Well, yesterday was Monday, and uh, they did the Monday night football thing they do, you know? Yes. And the Giants and the 49ers played, and this was like a good game. Or am I biased because I like the Giants? Like, this is two bad teams that put out a good product. Is that Because I always complain about how the NFL like has so many bad games that are just like bad products for the NFL. But I thought this was actually a pretty good football game from two kind of the the good product was still led by the fact that they are bad teams like the Niners kept doing that like running back on linebacker mismatch (laughs) 
and like the Giants never adjusted. So the Niners offense started looking pretty good. Nicky Mullins. And then uh the Giants, I I mean, I don't want to say kind of the same, but Odell was gonna Odell and like Yeah. I, Beat the Niners without their quarterback, and they're really bad this year. Eli with his 36th game-winning drive to end it. And it's such a funny thing. I was tweeting out, like, how many Giants fans are struggling right now? Because everyone wants the tank, wants the picks. When push comes to shove and your quarterback and your team is driving down for a game-winning drive, you don't want to root actively against them. Right. But you know you're kind of bliss because – you're like happy but not ecstatic if they win, and if they lose, you're like okay, cool, because that still helps us in the long run. But it what is what you rooting for. Uh, I w- I was rooting for them to win. Yeah, but if they didn't, it's n- no skin off my back. It's okay. All right. Yeah, because we talked about this earlier, and, and and I mean we've talked about the fans want the Giants to lose, but once you're in there, once you're in the belly of the beast. You wanted a little bit. Um, the broadcast made me hate Nick Mullins, and that's fine. They, that's they, fine. They made me fully hate him, and I want to like him. And it's not because I'm a Giants fan. The things they were saying, I wrote down a few of them, were so fucking stupid. He hasn't changed a bit. They said right. since getting the starting job, his personality hasn't changed a bit. Motherfuckers, it's been eight days. Yeah, nine days. Nine days. Shut up. What do you mean he hasn't changed? Imagine if he did change. He had one start in the NFL, showed up in like a brand new car and was just tossing his keys to valet Michael Scott style. Yeah, I think it's a little bit like, I, I don't know. This guy was the third string. He was the scout team quarterback. Like the, they were talking. The only good thing they said during the broadcast was that he was mad when he threw interceptions. And they're like, yo, dude, you're the scout team quarterback, though, like. You kind of have to do that. Like the, you gotta, then he said. Then they said on the broadcast, he's the only quarterback that I've ever heard of getting mad throwing interceptions to scout teams. I bet I can find you a one hundred scout team quarterbacks that would say, uh, "No." Yes, a hundred percent of scout. Actually, no. There's probably a couple idiots out there that are like, "Ah, got me." But yeah, no. I'd say most of them would be mad about it. I guess there there's something to the fact that like going into Nick Mullen's first game. Like, everyone's looking around at each other like, this could be the worst thing that ever happens. And then I guess after last week, he could come in and be like, you know, hitting guys on the shoulder and being like, have a good week. And you'd be like, okay, he's trying to be the quarterback. But I don't know. The The whole broadcast is shot, man. I know a, a lot of people hammer it to death. Um, it's just not the right crew. Yeah, it's bad. But they were Wh- just they were just doing... The stereotypical, like, Nick Mullins, like, they were doing the the trope of what Nick Mullins should be like because he's a third-string quarterback getting a start. And it's like, none of these actually really seem to apply to the actual guy because you're just telling me, like, a borderline trope of a third-string that comes to start. Yeah, he works his ass off. So does, like, a lot of people. Yeah, it's funny how plain Jane ESPN can really get sometimes. I don't know if it's Disney or whatever, but like they had that tight end George Kittle mic'd up. Yeah, that's and they, every they, clip was nothing. They did the same mic'd up that they've done for every player. But then you see like the N- the actual NFL one that's like two minutes long, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like you know, you know, 
Even even Andrew Luck, who's the worst ever, like every time he gets popped, he's like, oh, great hit, which I actually love. That's a yeah, total that. good loser move. Wait, but Good job beating me up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, when they did, uh, Little is his name? Kittle? Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. When they biked him up at one point, this is what they, sh- they let- allowed us to hear. This was the great insight. We got to get to the line quicker. Woo! Woo! That was Kittle mic'd up. What the fuck yeah. was that? I just, it was just helmets hitting pads and grunting. And then they said, they said, what a what a character he is. It's yeah. like what? <laughs> he didn't do a thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 tough, man. I don't know. And ever Tessator does have a cool voice, and he's a Connecticut guy. Like he was my, he was the local, like one of the local sports guy when I was like a kid. So it's kind of cool to see him doing Sunday Night Football now, Monday Night Football. Um, and he has a cool voice, but his like words and verbiage aren't great. And then a cool voice. Witten's so bad. Booger's kind of fun, but he tries to do too much. Like he can't just be like, "Wow, that was that was a good play." Look, do you see what happened there? Blah blah blah. He'll be like. You know, Eli's going to try to lead him back. And is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? And it's just like, we're going to do this every play now? So, I don't know. It was it was entertaining, though. That's a goal of sports. Yeah, it was a good game. Well, because it was close. They kept going back and forth. A lot of interceptions. Every interception was a tipped ball, which is kind of interesting. Tip ball. Tip drill. Your favorite music video, a.k.a. softcore mm. porn. Mm. Mm. Can I get a tip drill? Uh, also around the tri-state area, uh, Andujar did not win the Rookie of the Year. Otani did. If you're shocked by this, I'm shocked about you being shocked. This was as easy to see coming as anything. And uh, Yankee fans are so salty. They're so upset. And I'm just staying away on Twitter because I... 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 I don't care, and I think Otani deserved it. You can grieve a loss. You can grieve a loss. People people grieve in different ways. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's a storyline, and what Otani did has never been done in 100 years or so. Anduhar had a really good year. Um, the defense wasn't there. I guess that's kind of a fun topic that I wanted to bring up with you. Um it's, I'd say the one thing that optically as a baseball fan, that if you're not fully tuned in, but you're kind of tuned in, baseball's a big accumulation of stats game. Like, Hall of Fame, uh, even end-of-year stuff, it's, it's not like, wow, dude, you had an incredible two months. It's like, no, how does the whole body of work look? So if you have that mindset, yeah, I could see where it looks bad. But, yeah, Otani was the story. He was going to get it. Yeah. Um, like, do you even think if Andujar could pick it and was, like, solid defensively, do you think that even changes things? No. Because at first in my head I was like, I think it does, and then I was like, no, not at all. No. Because the, the story doesn't change. The problem here is that rookie of the year is so broad. What does it mean? Right. What does it mean? Uh, because if you say which rookie helped their team win the most – it's rookie hand, MVP. If it's like if it's rookie MVP, it's hands down Anduar. Right. He played every day and he helped the Yankees win 
He was never slumped offensively, and he was a key part of the season. Him and Stanton like carried the Yankees for a while. So if if you look at it as MVP, Rookie of the Year, which rookie helped the team win, it's clearly Anduar. I've never thought of the award as that. I never thought of it as an MVP because it rarely it because MVP you always talk about, but can you give the MVP to a loser? No one ever says, can you give Rookie of the Year to a guy who was on a losing team? Of course you can. Because it's an individual right. thing. It's just who had the most impressive rookie season. It depends how you look at it. If you look at it, who had the most impressive rookie season, it's without a doubt Andy Hart. And if you're trying to act like it's not, you're lying to yourself. The dude did something that hasn't been done in 100 years. He had 50 innings of ace-like pitching. He got hurt. That hurts him, but he still proved he can do that. And he his offensive numbers are 285 batting average, 361 on base percentage, 564 slugging, 22 home runs. Like Plus the 50 innings pitched. He proved that you can do both, and no one thought that was possible. So who did, had you the most- see the, did you see the pitching comparisons between him and Chase and Shreve's stats? No, what are what are they? They're pretty similar. Really? Yeah. But but <laughs> so Chase and Shreve I, is a. I, I mean that you can't do that. You can do that for right, a laugh. Right. You can't, you can't do that, but it's fun. Uh, Yankee fans are like, Yankee fans love being butthurt. Uh, if if Gary can't win it in 2016 because he didn't play enough games, then how can Otani win it in 2007, uh, 2018? Gary played 53 games. Yeah. Otani played 114. Like, that's not a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I was looking at the baseball rookie, of the MLB Rookie of the Year Award Wikipedia page, so you know you know it's good um, and verified. I, I don't think on this page it doesn't – because normally MVP, most valuable player, uh, Heisman Trophy says, like, the, the best college football player – Rookie of the Year award just says one player from each league is voted on by the writers. <laughs> yeah, there's no rules. So, so basically, the writers just get to pick a rookie. The biggest snub job is Matsui, and I think like if the yeah. writers have to look back at that and think they snubbed him, and it was only because he was old. But right, like Ichiro had won it before, uh, Dicky Nomo or someone had run it, won it before. Like Japanese players had come over and won it, they just weren't 29, so they didn't want to yeah. give it to Hideki. That that one is a, a like a snub. He got snubbed, I think, because they were like, "He's old. He's not a rookie." And because yep. Matsui was twenty nine but looked fifty nine. Yeah, Matsui's looked and it helped. If Matsui looked a little younger, they probably leave him in there. If Didn't was, they? They even straight took him off the ballot, right? No, he plays second. Oh, I thought maybe maybe I misread something else, but yeah, I don't know. I hey, Yankee fans have something to complain about. Like you said, if it was. Most valuable rookie, Andujar should have won it this year. Gary showed some signs, but didn't have the body of work. And then the Matsui thing, so yeah, they could be a little butthurt. Sure, but I mean, everyone, like, I keep getting tagged in things like, let's fuck it, this is crazy, this is bullshit. And it's like, it's not, it's not crazy, and it's not bullshit. Andujar had a really, 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 really good rookie season. I saw something interesting. If Otani came over last year, would he have beat out Judge? I don't think so. No. I don't think he would have, even though he did, you know, pitch and hit. Judge Judge, finished second in the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. (laughs) He should have won the MVP. I know, but I saw people saying, like, imagine if if this happened to Judge last year because they just won't give it to Yankees. Like, 
Like people were acting like Otani would have got it right. over Judge. I don't think so. Judge hit no. fifty home runs. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. fifty. Fifty. So that's that's me pissing off Yankee fans, which I'm like I'm sorry, but I have to tell you how I honestly feel. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not because it's so many it's a very easy time to throw out what the fuck and get two hundred retweets. Rookie of the Year is a fun list to dig through. A lot of good, a lot of good names on there. A lot of bad. You mean good names as in they didn't end up doing anything? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do a ton. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very weird award. Like it's 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 almost as it's more silly than not silly is not the right word. It holds le- it holds the least amount of weight of any award. I like it. I like the award. I think it's I think it's a cool thing to say. The year that I'm they not, let the year they that. let the middle school kids join the high school, you were the best middle school kid that year. I mean, it doesn't mean shit, so but it's agree. cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, but it doesn't mean anything. It holds. I mean, it's least. not a purple heart, but it's a cool award to say at the end of the day. Like, because then if you're during your Hall of Fame speech, you could be like, "Wow, Bryce Harper, 2012, won Rookie of the Year when he came up, and he just did it the whole time." Like, there's. I don't know. It just yeah, changes so your that, story cool. a little bit. But if you're if you're one of these guys who went on to never do anything, and you're like, "Well, I won Rookie of the Year." It's oh, like, I think that's cool too. I like that as well. Like, yeah, man, I came up, I was hot, and then a damn horse bit me in my hammy. Never had it again. Yeah, that's true. But you'd still trade Hideki Matsui's career for the guy who won Rookie of the Year. Sure. So, whereas an MVP holds a lot of weight. Right. You were you were the most valuable player. Bingo. All right, what else we got? Uh, you want to go? You put this story under tri-state area. Is that a uh, tri-state player? Yeah, Karis uh. Karis Levert. You didn't you didn't look up the injury, Jim? It's one of the gross ones. Yeah, I don't like watching those. Why not? You don't like seeing just guys' hopes and dreams and legs snap, and it's very gross. Yep, don't like it. I saw something uh, interesting that Derrick Rose was on the court for Hayward, this guy, and another really terrible injury. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been out there for a lot of them. Yeah, Karis LeVert, who's been having a really good season for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he really good college player from Michigan, and then he got hurt there, so he, he didn't have a clean path to the league, and then he was fi- figuring it out and just had a real, really all-time, I mean, Kevin Ware, those guys. So luckily, something that I did, Jim, because I don't like looking at it, but I'm at the point where it's like, I know I'm going to see it. Like, I'm just active in sports and Twitter and all that, that, like, I know it's going to happen. And uh, so I searched it out, and I got to see it, and luckily, like, nobody's done, like, a good zoom angle or one of the local photographers. So it's just, like, the two in-game shots that were kind of zoomed out. But, uh, yeah, leg folds up under him. Uh, It's, yeah, one of those things you go straight to the ER, and uh, you just hope your leg is, like, okay again, but... I think the way the Nets coach or GM said it, that our, our boy Ryan Rucco said it, was he's he's the leader of our program. Or whoa, little sneeze. Yep. Um, and it it's just like he's, I mean, they're a bad team right now and they're figuring out their path. But, like, this guy, I don't want to say he's their Aaron Judge that's leading them out of things, but like this guy gave them hope. Like he was a good young player, and now he's going to be shot for at least two years, probably if if he can ever come back. So, kind of sad. 
Did Sad Twitter, news. If, did Twitter throw out a lot of T's and P's? Oh, yeah. Tons of T's and P's out there. Remember when Kevin Ware did it on Thanksgiving? And it was like the most amount of thoughts and prayers ever given to any situation in the world. And then I think like collectively the internet took a step back and was like, what, what are we doing? Well, his big one was the national championship game. That was where? Yeah, yeah, in, col- in college for Louis- Louisville. Right, but that's not on Thanksgiving. That's March Madness. Oh, I was at, I thought it was on Thanksgiving because I was at my grandma, I was at my aunt's house where I never, ever go to her house besides Thanksgiving. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's up there. I don't, I, I'm not going to look in for the zoomed in angles, so I, I hope they don't get me. But uh, yeah, I think a, a guy was over it. But yeah, br- really sad news for the, if you, if you were a Nets fan and an Andujar fan, you had a real bad night. So Ryan Rucco kind of had a bad night. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, Rooks. Yeah, I apologize. Oh, it was uh, Easter, not Thanksgiving. There you go, March thirty first, Easter, two thousand thirteen. Kevin Ware broke his leg. Whole internet acted like he died. Thoughts and prayers to Ware. Thoughts and prayers to Ware. I think that's like the worst one all time. Yeah, yeah that was the yeah that because you saw the bone pop out. You could see it live. Yeah, and then people just make memes out of it. Like I remember they made it like the, it was the Lion King rock, and they were holding Simba off of his broken bone. Oh yeah. So I'll, it'll come onto my screen from there. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're gonna see it, but I'll avoid it until I see it. I don't like watching go. that shit anymore. It just, it just like gross. Right. But That's I'll watch I, war I movies flush where it, it happens. Flush it out of the system. Yeah. And I've yeah. All right. Uh, all right. That sends us into our national stories on the national beat here. Nothing I say. Whoa. Nothing I say should be important to anyone. Well, that is your host of the National Storylines. Covering the National Beat, we have Jake Story Alley. Golden State Warriors are trying to find a way to turn profit on this basketball team somehow by offering... $100 monthly passes with no view of the court. That's right. You can come to see your Golden State Warriors. Well, you can't see them play. You could watch it on a TV from one of the restaurants or the bar where we've charged triple the prices. Don't say we don't appreciate the fans. Let's go, Warriors. You ever wanted to go to a stadium and just hang out, pay for really expensive drinks, hear the crowd while you watch on a delayed TV screen from the bar Mm. up top? Well, you can do it. $100 a month, you can go to every home game. This is going to work. They're going to sell out. Oh, yeah. They're only offering 200 of these tickets. A month. Yes. So, like, there will be 200 no-view people in the stadium. No, but they're, they're trying to sell 200 of these a month. So I think they're gonna. They're, I think they're gonna increase it, and they they're trying to picture it right now as a gym membership. Yeah, because so like it's they a, think people will fade out, but they eventually they want to sell more than just two hundred. They're not just gonna keep it at two hundred. I think like they have to keep it at two hundred for like uh, capacity reasons. Yes, yes, yes. They'll be doing two hundred every month. Yeah, like you buy this hundred dollar ticket, you get to go to the October games. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, I mean, you can also probably buy, like, two months at a time, and then you have, like, a I don't think so. I think they're treating them like single-game tickets for a month. 
Oh, I thought it was a monthly pass, which which means, you know, I don't know. I thought it was uh, like a gym membership. Like you buy, you pay $100 a month and you get every every game for the whole season standing room only. I but, think it's like you pay $100, you get the October monthly pass, then October's up and they sell a November pass to uh, another 200 people. Either way, it's 200 max for each month as of right now. How many of your West Coast buddies have already got this? Not a lot, but I mean... The Warriors have 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 had a they've sold out every home game since December 2012. Yeah. So they're like, well, how fuck we like we're they've plateaued with what they can make on season tickets for seven. No, what year are we in? For six years now. Yeah, it's December coming up 2018. For for six years, yeah. the only way they can make more money off tickets is by raising the prices. And they're probably getting to a point there where like, oh, we can't. So like, well, shit, how do we get more people to pay to come? Well, let's just give them. They're not even allowed to go into the seating section. But if you're buying this, you're thinking $100 a month. How many home basketball games are there in a month? Five, six, eight? Yeah, something like that. It depends on the month. But yeah, one or two a week. Yeah. You're thinking that you can sneak into a seat. That's like is that you're buying that with hopes you can sneak into a seat. They're going to sell out of this, though. But if if you can't, man, there's going to be a lot of people regretting it. But then again, it's only $20 a game. So it's like you can talk yourself into this. If there's eight games in that month and you pay $100, you go hang out at the stadium with the crowd. Some people do this. They buy seats and then they just hang out in those bars. There's always people in those bars and I don't even understand why. Maybe there's going to be some good in-game scalping. Like, yo, you got got one of those passes? You third quarter... You, you get my seat for 20 bucks. Yes, there is going to be trades. You meet yeah. someone at the bar. You're like, oh, you got the pass too? No, I got seats. Oh, you're not going to go sit there? Let me Want me to keep them warm for you? Mm. Just give me the ticket and you come back and, you know, there is going to be deals like that. Yeah, but, it's one of those things that in your head you say this sucks. Well, and then you I'd just realize, like, we are, <laughs> we are the sheep and this kind of ain't bad if you want to be one of the sheep. You know who this is perfect for? This is a very specific example. If okay. you're a teenager and you live close to the stadium, you live right. close to the arena where you can just take a BART there, which is the public transportation, or walk there, and your parents say, here's 100, here, I just bought you, you can get into the stadium every game. You just don't have a seat. And the 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old kid would be like, fine, that's fine. I'll make do. You're treating it like a Bay Area mall. Yeah, it's a mall with a basketball game going on. Exactly. Yeah. That's what this would be good for. Rich people who live close to the arena, which isn't much since the arena's in downtown shitty part of uh, Oakland. The only part I thought as a sports fan where I was I was like this would be cool would be if if it was a playoff game and you can do this just because then like you can say, you know, I was in the building when Curry went for 50 to clinch blah blah blah. Um, but they said they're not going to do these for the playoffs. So it's just, I don't I'm hands up in the air on it. Not if someone did it, I'd be like, cool, knock yourself out. It's and a hilarious headline. Talk a little shit behind their back, but golden state warriors offer $100 monthly passes with no view of the court. It's a hilarious headline. Darren Ravel was all over it, but from a business standpoint, this is going to work. They're going to sell out. Oh yeah. People just want to be part of things. Did you see they, they showed the list? Golden State Warriors, I think they have the third longest sellout streak going. And I think the Mavericks had the longest at like 700 games or something. Really? 
And I was like, dude, Cuban must be buying those leftover seats, right? <laughs> That'd be funny if he was just to keep it going. Like, what are the rules on that? Because I've been to Mavs game and they don't get sold out every time. I have no idea. They, they have like really good season ticket holders that don't come to games. We might have to get in the weeds on that. I mean, yeah, there's so many businesses in Dallas that probably have season tickets that the seats go ignored, but whatever. Uh, Jim, I, the other big news, and I mean, arguably one of your favorite NFL players gets the axe yesterday. Nathan Peterman gets cut from Buffalo, and it's just a mystery. Why, why do these things happen? GoFundMe wins again. I mean, some of the worst quarterbacking that we've seen on the National Football League level. And it's just... Dude, so a couple of these stories make us secretly sad. Like, I, I had the Markel Fultz free throw incident on here, which you look at and you're like, oh my God, like, this guy's trying to shoot a basketball and he, he looks like he's about to drop a plate from the top shelf. The Peterman stuff is sad for me because, like, Jim, I don't, I don't know a ton about him. I know, I know where he went to college. I, I've seen him play. He was a fifth-round pick. Um, the, the coaches were into him for whatever reason, and now he's just so bad. But this guy has been Mr. Hot Body Handsome Face quarterback his whole life. Through college, gets drafted to be in the NFL. He's an NFL guy. Then he comes in and plays, and he's terrible. And then, like, I don't think this guy can pursue a career around football after this, which I think a lot of athletes like to do. He definitely, definitely can. He'll go coach, coach a college, a D three college, if he wants. Be a quarterback coach somewhere. I mean, he was. But think about what you just said: a D three college. Like, I don't think this guy can coach in D1 or, like, pro football. Yeah, but he can just go become a personal quarterback coach in Texas for millions of dollars. He can... No! Who would want to take lessons from him? Okay, well, imagine that he never did this in the NFL, didn't get picked up, never got starts, and his college career would allow him to become a personal coach. You're making my case. That's that's what I'm trying to depict. Like, if this had never happened... Like, if he just graduated from Pitt and he never played it down in the NFL, they'd be like, man, he, uh, he had a pretty good ride. I, I wonder why he never got a look. Now that he got his look and it was so bad, I think that takes him out of it. I don't. I think he definitely has a very easy route to just stay doing something in football because he can always say, look at my college. I still know what I'm talking about and at a D3 at a high school level. I don't yeah. feel bad for Peterman if that's what we're going. He made like what three million dollars. Oh, I don't. I don't feel bad. I'm just saying, like it's. I think it's done. I think. I think he's one of these guys you flash forward five years and it's like, oh yeah, he's a priest now. Like that's <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know. In five years, we'll check out in Nathan Peterman. We won't remember his name. I won't remember his name in seven months. I can guarantee what, it. What What if your little brother? Good athlete in his day. What what if he was a quarterback and he was eyeing going to college and he wanted to go D1? Would you let Nathan Peterman be his coach? Yeah. I mean, dude, like Joe Madden never played baseball at the professional level. Rex Ryan. Right. Like, there's a lot of people that if, if he can coach, 
If he can share wisdom, then yes, I would want him. He's someone well, that's done it before. Maybe do you know he how can't many share wisdom? Do you know how many quarterback coaches are probably scamming high school kids that never played at any level? Sure. So I'd still take Not the guy at any who level. I bet there's a guy out there that never played quarterback mm. teaching a quarterback camp. Now now we're in the oh 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 point one percent. But yeah. And then I I don't know Hugh Jackson. The, I don't think uh, you've like with Luke. I don't think you've been through the shenanigans of youth, like the money, and the shenanigans of like youth coaches and youth trainers and you like it is, it is the in the baseball world it's a world upon itself. It's it's so stupid. You well, just I was there, dog. Like the AAU circuit and all that, and the coaches they're just uh, like fresh out of. Uh, uh, like D three baseball, and now they're coaching like charging like money to coach your eleven year old. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's a scam. That's it's part. It's part of the. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a little bit grown up in white suburbia, and they gouge it because they know one mom and dad are going to do it, which is going to make another mom and dad do it, and it's just a it's a it's a goddamn spiral. Yep. Um, and speaking about getting. Second and third chances. Your boy Hugh Jackson, uh, former Browns coach who had two wins and a tie in about two and a half years. Uh, he's he gets fired a couple weeks ago. He's on the streets. Uh, he was doing like the the morning TV circuits and was <laughs> kind of making a a horse's a of himself. Uh, the Bengals get killed by the Saints this week. Who I've been telling you, people have been calling them the best team in the league. Blah blah blah. Marvin Lewis fires his D coordinator after the game and, and brings in Hugh to town. Boy, yeah, um, perfect move. They play the Browns in two weeks. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the cool part. And <laughs> so they play two games against the Browns. Yeah. So if Hugh has an actual scouting report, which he better, you would hope, which he better, Jim, <laughs> which he but better. there's a very high chance he doesn't. <laughs> oh, and, what's Baker gonna do? I don't know. I, I didn't pay attention to that part. Oh, and that's, like, oh, that's what if Baker crushes him? I mean, then it looks so bad. So, so I'm rooting for a beating either way. I want Baker to just kill the Bengals' defense with Hugh Jackson as coordinator. Just completely kill them. Or I want like Hugh Jackson's victory parade, and he like Baker goes for like 50 yards. Like if if Hugh if the Bengals win both those games, you give the Bengals like. A reluctant golf clap, like, wow. You no, if the Bengals win both those games and like it's defensive stands both times, I'm I'm a Bengals fan for the rest of the year. Because there's that's, defensive stands both times. Yes. That, that would be pretty dramatic and wild. Yes. I think I mean they're supposed to beat the Browns. They're still the Browns. Uh yeah, if, you kind of have to root for the Browns to kill them, though. It's an awesome move. They got two games against the Browns, so you pick up their ex coach. Yeah. Who's just with the organization for the last three years, knows the players. We think. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I love this move. And then, like, after the second Browns game, just fire him and pick up. Uh, well, that's the second to last game is the second Browns game. Yeah. Go yeah. pick up an ex Steelers coach for uh, the last game of the season. Be just on your merry that. way. Just start doing that every week. Yeah. Get the most recently fired coach <laughs> of the team you're about to play. Hey, it's uh, I don't know. Sound strategy because like you have 
like uh, another defensive coordinator who's like the real defensive coordinator and he's going to be really running the shots but so oh. but but Hugh wouldn't take the job without the position being high up so really right. that defensive coordinator just comes in every week the new fired coach walks in all right what do you got for us give me the secrets and then hey. they have one meeting Hugh says it and then he says all right you're going to stand on the sidelines I'm going to talk in your ear you're just a figurehead but we but thank you for your knowledge we're talking NFL storylines now now the two Browns Bengals games to ride out the rest of the season are going to have really cool storylines, and that's something that like baseball is looking to replicate that somehow, and it's just like impossible. I mean, baseball has some good storylines too, but this this right, is like we, fun. We talked about some of those September like Tigers versus whoever whoever it may be Tigers anyone game, and it's like those are brutal, and yet these. These football games are going to have a really cool storyline to them. Yeah. It's easier with only 16 games and yeah, and one game at a time and all that stuff. That brings us to halftime of the show. Welcome to the halftime, which is sponsored by Burger King Plastic Cups. Go get your Burger King Plastic Cups from eBay and drink like the Kings do. Burger King Plastic Cups, thank you for sponsoring halftime. Jakey Boy, how do you think the first half went? I don't know. I'm a little taken back for it by the Burger King plastic cups. I thought we were sponsored by LaCroix. I drank one of those this morning. I turned um, them down when Burger King plastic cups got involved. I th- I think we're having a good show. I think, uh, well, I'm having a good show. You're uh, <laughs> bringing up the rear per usual. Um, but it's Tuesday, and you should, you know, nobody's nobody's invincible. Nobody's safe. All right, cool. I feel good because I got my my uh, stress ball. You're loving that stress ball. I, I told a- you. I think I told you on Talking Yanks, like uh, <laughs> back in October, September, like I needed a stress ball. I have restless hands. Yeah. Uh, which is why I always just like wrote when I was in school. I just write nonstop right. notes or song lyrics or whatever. So this is perfect for my restless hands. Should have went fidget spinner, bro. They're like too much. Yeah. I had a bunch of fidget spinners because when they came out, I was like, this is fucking perfect for me. I bought three. I bought one for my car, one for my office, and one for my house. And I always use them, but they do become too much of a toy where, like, it's not secondary. It's now I'm going to focus on playing with this fidget spinner. Right. And, like, see it, how long I can spin it for, see if I can hold it up and shit. Where this right. stress ball, I just squeeze into stress ball, pulling, like a, pulling a rob. Ha- I want you to know I'm happy for you. Thanks, man. Thank you. So... Say something nice about me. Your shirt looks nice. Thank you. Uh, who who designed this shirt? Nike, and then I stole it from them. <laughs> it's my favorite story. It's uh, so it's a shirt that says "Just Do It." Um, I made this for Yankees fans for our Yankee fan shop, and my little brother Luke said to me afterwards, "Dude, that's like the most legit design you have on the store. That one could be in actual stores." And I said, oh, you mean the Nike Just Do It shirt? I changed out the O for a U. (laughs) It is in stores. I saw a kid in New York City wearing the Nike version, the Just Do It. But it is is the best shirt, so I hope Nike's not listening. Why don't you shut up, Nike? They are. They always are, Jim. They always are. Them weirdos in Oregon. And here we are with the real news coming at you hard, coming at you quick, coming at you weird. A Dutch man who's 69 years old starts legal fight to identify as 20 years younger on dating apps, says the 69 ain't working and he wants to be 49 
to pick up the ladies he desires. I didn't read this article fully. I don't know if they're going to allow him to. I think you get in a lot of trouble here, and um, I'm all for people doing whatever the fuck they want to do. I don't care about you is my main thing. Like, I'm not trying to champion for you. I just don't care about you. So go be whoever you want to do. But it gets a little tricky when we got people identifying as, you know, identify as male or female. Fine. Okay, sure. That makes you happy. And uh, and it probably could be true and live your life however you want to live it. I identify as black. We didn't like that when Rachel Dozier did that. Now, this guy's 69. He identifies as 49. I don't think society likes this one either. There's people that identify as birds and lizards and get all crazy tattoos. Society really doesn't accept them. They're like, what can and can't you identify as? Can this this guy identifies as 49? It's all it's all out, man. Who cares? There's age discrimination out there. I don't care. Why does this guy have to put down his age? I mean, in my dream world, he has to fight this for eight months. And he gets one day at 49, and the next day is his birthday, so he turns over to 50. And he was just, like, it was an exhausting, there was a trial, there was all of it. He gets one day on whatever app at 49, and then he's back into his 50s. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good judge ruling. I'm telling you, I've been applying all these judge gigs. What what Um, What age do you identify as? What age do I identify as? What age do you feel? See, I'm one of those. I, I don't want to say I'm a real guy. I I I, I say I'm a, a 29 year old man because I I've got some biscuits between my legs, and that's that's kind of what I've been rolling with. I don't know. May, maybe I should mix it up. Maybe I should throw out a day where I'm like, you know, a 42 year old lady. Try some things <laughs> out. Do you feel 29? I guess so. My whole thing is like my body and I, you know, obviously don't like anything I have going on with myself. Um, But I still, you know, if I if I go clean shaven, man, I could walk into a high school and just like play it cool. Yeah, I don't I don't feel uh, 29. Like my brain is still at that of young 20s. Like if I walk into a store and there's probably like a 34 year old. I, in my brain, think that he sees me as, like, dumb kid. And then okay. I have to remind myself, oh, I, I'm not. I'm, like, no. I'm old now. I'm, You're on the team now. <clears throat> yes. And <clears throat> I kind of wish that I felt like I was on the team, but I don't. Well, that's the problem. I, I'm not even close to making the team. Yeah. I mean, I still get ID'd for everything. Like, I'm... It's it's it gets pathetic sometimes. <laughs> so do you wish you could legally change the age you identify? It doesn't even make sense to me. Your, yeah, your no, age is just, your age. This guy's trying to do anything to get laid. <laughs> and that crazy, makes, that makes horny sense. Dutch man. Nothing wrong with that, except kind of like, I don't know, man. You're kind of tricking people if they think you're 49. But then again, who cares? Very- Double down. Give me give me another story. You're you're my story guy, and we haven't done them in a little bit. I don't know this story, but I didn't read this story. But the headline is all you need to know. Sure. A bubbling pool of mud is on the move, and no one knows why. Isn't that great? Same. That's, that's a title from Nat Geographic, <laughs> folks. Like you're just just hanging out. In the middle of town, it's raining. 
There's some thunder. And a puddle of mud just rolls through town. And you're like, why is that mud doing that? Where's it going? What is that? I don't know. No one knows why. But this roving puddle of mud. Puddle of mud. Yeah. Good band. Uh, I know. I thought I thought that was going to be a puddle of mud clip for a second. I got excited. Yeah, I guess it's a. There's a quote unquote mud volcano. Time where, out. Where, it's yeah. traveling twenty feet a year. Yeah, that was what I was going to drop on you. That I thought you weren't going to be happy about. I thought this was like a like a tumbleweed going through a street in Arizona. Like, whew. no. Oh, you just thought it was a friendly passing by puddle of mud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, like, folks, you know I'll be on my way. You'll ever watch Alec Mack on Nickelodeon? She like a, she becomes invisible and becomes a liquid and then just like rolls around the floor. I thought it was like that. That's what you had going on. I thought it, That's why I thought it was so funny. I didn't think it was fucking inching or what. Like, gravity, well, dude. I just solved this problem. The, the earth's not flat and this mud is just like slipping. I think, well, that's, it's, a, it's a take. I, they, called it, they called it a mud volcano that's pushing it away or something. I, I think that's the big story here is that being a scientist is brutal. Like, there's people dedicating their lives to this puddle, this mud puddle that moves 20 feet a year. There's going to be a documentary on it, and then no one's going to watch it, and then they're going to be like, oh, shit. I might watch it. I'll watch the trailer for it, get the gist, and then read the the solution. Oh, there is no solution, Jim. Uh, there is. I just told you. It's gravity. The mud's just slipping down <laughs> the earth. 20 oh. feet a year? I thought you meant solution is on how to stop it. Just, like, dig up the mud? <laughs> just dig a hole. <laughs> well, we, we dug, like, a three-foot trench, so well, we're going to have to wait 10 years to see anything else. How many inches are in 20 feet? 240? Sure. 240 divided by 365. Thing moves the thing moves half an inch a day. Yeah. I like the headline. I hate the story. Is that allowed? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I liked where my brain went with the headline. I thought it was funny. Just like a fucking... I thought it was like a mud bath just traveling through. A guy right. in there sitting there drinking a beer just... Rolling around with a bubbling puddle of mud, getting his mud bath, coming through town. And it turns out it's bullshit. It's just, it's it's moving half an inch a day. Yeah, I mean. Who I'm noticed? That's a good point, Jim. That's a crazy guy in town. Oh, yo, Bob, you see that? That mud pile last month was in front of your store. Now it's in front of my store. No, I mean, yeah, it was, it's a new mud pile, something like that. He had, to, he had to do a lot of convincing. Same exact mud pile, Bob. I put a piece yeah, of toilet you, paper in there yesterday. It's the same exact mud pile. Yeah, you wonder if Bob had, like, if it was 20 years and he was like, holy crap, this bad boy's moved. Or if, if Bob was just really tuned in. I think the key word here is mud volcano, which was one of your nicknames at college. <coughs> That was a good nickname. I was going to try and spin it on you, but I think I'm yeah. just going to accept that nickname. Yeah, no. <laughs> you, got, you got it. I was going to say that we were superheroes and I was Mud Volcano and you were my sidekick, Mud Butt. Mm. But I, I'm not going to say that anymore because I'll eat the nickname Mud Volcano. That's kind of cool. You will eat the Mud Volcano. Um, 
Jim, I, I, I think the other story that I'd, I'd like to hit quick, just because I, I know you'll have some, some good remarks on it. On CNN, we have a, a food fight at a Whataburger, which I saw the video, and it's, it's pretty legit. But, I mean, this is definition of just, like, high school, and I can't believe this is, like, being shown by the media, and this is just going to be, because I think this happened in, in Houston. I mean, this this is just going to be bad stories at the bar for 35 years or so. Did you watch the footage? Yeah. Explain it in one word. Uh, barbaric. It is barbaric. Barbaric. That's that word resound. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. And they said that one school came in, because there was two football teams came in and lost. It's Whataburger. They're just throwing food nonstop. And and the first part of my brain was like, this is so much fun. A good food fight, like summer camp food fight or outside picnic food fight. We had one, my family had one with a birthday cake in the outside, outside and there's some really fun pictures of that. And like, if you're allowed to do an all-out food fight, and it can't be fully sanctioned. So you can't be like, okay, we're going to food fight at lunch today. Right. Unless it can't be that, but uh, pretty, pretty fun times. And then you think about the people that had to clean it up. But then there was videos of the cleanup. I don't think they did any physical damage. Just a lot of like they made a mess. Yeah, they made a big mess. They just threw sodas and food and stuff. Like I don't think there was a lot of like physical contact. I'm seeing high school Jimmy in the middle of this. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I, I I wish I wouldn't now as an adult because I'm like fuck the that's really rude to the workers at Whataburger. Right. But that's a blast. You gotta let kids be kids sometimes. It sucks that like maybe the workers got paid overtime and they got all they really had to do was sweep and mop. Like, yeah, and maybe maybe the schools kick in and they'll. I bet there's a follow up story to this that like oh three three of the kids got back together and they mopped that Whataburger for free and everyone will be like, wow, the world's a great place. And it's like, everyone stop. High school kids had a food fight. Kind of fun, kind of stupid. Learn from it. When you're 29, call yourself an idiot. Do and you, that's the news, baby. Would you remember, maybe we weren't in the same lunch group as me, freshman year of high school, I think it was Christian Manella and, and, and Kenny and those friends. Sure. And, uh, they got a tampon and they dipped it in ketchup and then they threw it at the table ahead of them. Right. And it landed in front of them on their table and they saw it and threw it to the next table. Like, ah! And it was right. like a chain reaction of a little, ah, ah! That's fun. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I, well, I think it's still the same reaction. You should say, like, I don't want to do that at the office today. But, like, that could be nightly news now. And it's stuff that was just, like, such regulation that and the lunch aide would come over and be like oh fake bloody tampon good one boys and then throw it away and it was done now that would be like people could call that like transgender i don't know making transgender people comfortable making women uncomfortable making guys uncomfortable like how do transgender people get in the mix there they, they just can all right they always seem to be in the mix anyway like if, if, if that tampon hit them they'd be like oh it hit me because of that reason. And then someone else would be like, no, dude, I was just throwing the ketchup tampon. You must be transgender, too. Yeah. You're just not out yet. It. Speaking of sanitary pads, that's our next story. Teenagers are boiling sanitary pads to get high in Jakarta. 
Uh, Indonesia have found another affordable way to get tipsy, boiling sanitary pads and drinking the water. Police in Jakarta, Bekasi, West Java, and Kudo, Central Java, have arrested several teenagers caught while experimenting with unusual methods of getting intoxicated. Most use menstrual pads to make the formula. Hey, 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 Indonesia, cut the fucking shit. Stop it. Just I couldn't disagree more. You're, you're, you're fans of them boiling used tampons to get high. I couldn't disagree more, Jim, and here's why. So Are they- we've talked about this before. The grossest man on the planet is the guy who found milk. The guy that first drained out his cow and drank its milk. That guy was one of the grossest people in the world. Jimmy, I think we've got a revolution happening right now. It started with the Tide Pods. Now we're seeing with sanitary pads. The youth is using their imagination, and they're trying different things, and one of them's going to hit. You know, the Tide Pods and the sanitary pads, we kind of got to miss. Hey, maybe it's a really good high. Maybe they didn't miss with the sanitary pads. But I'm telling you, we're stumbling on the next milk, and it's going to happen. It's gross, man. The prisoners just put some fruit in the bowl and let it ferment. Why these Indian kids got to go get used tampons? It's genius. They also do mosquito repellent and cold syrup. Oh, yeah. I can get behind that. (laughs) We're all in on that. Just imagine a bunch of little kids going to a dump site searching for used tampons. What are they going to do with them? What the fuck are they doing with those? Are they pulling a prank like freshman year lunch? Are they going to go fuck someone's house up? TP their house, but extraordinary, extraordinarily worse. Oh, no. They're boiling them down to a water and then drinking that because it gets them drunk. Let me tell you this, kids. That's not getting you drunk. That's not getting you tipsy. It's just getting you sick, <laughs> which you're mistaking for drunk. Like, oh, my belly's feeling crazy today. My head's kind of light. Oh, it's because you just boiled, you know, tampon and drank it. You're not drunk. You're just sick in the head and now the body. The, the kids are geniuses and they should be rewarded. Once again, I'm glad I don't live in Indonesia. I went to Indonesia once, got offered a baby. And? We said no because it was super sad. There was like these, these Indonesian people selling uh, pencils and all these little trinkets. to the. Uh, uh, we, were Aust- we were Australian visitors. And uh, like, no, we like bought some pencils. We're like, yeah, we'll give you a penny for a pencil, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, take my baby, take my baby. My mom and dad were like, nah, you take your baby. You know, it's sad. Tough. But we did find a really cheap breakfast spot in Indonesia. It's good. Well, there's a good side to the story then. You got any? You want to do any other stories? Before we move on to Twitter question of the day. Oh, we got to move on. Wow, it's getting late. Yeah, man. I was gonna say I was surprised you did that last one. We got to. We well, tidy I up. wasn't gonna do it, but you. We transitioned perfectly into the sanitary pads. Yeah, we always do. All right, trick. Uh, quick question of the day: Turkey or ham for Thanksgiving? From Jakey Holcomb. I mean, like you only get one pick. Yeah, turkey or ham? What are you eating? Like, when do you not say turkey? Me. I don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. It's, oh, it's the driest You're part the of the meal. I don't like turkey like that. I like deli meat turkey. I don't like dry turkey. I mean, there's so many. There's so many. That's what everything else is for. And the dark meat isn't that dry. That's why there's stuffing. That's why there's potatoes. That's why there's gravy. I like it. But people, I like the ham. Like a, 
A honey cut ham is delicious to me. Fucking love that. I'll make a sandwich out of that. If I had to choose, I would choose ham over turkey. On Thanksgiving. Well, and I just thought you were a history guy. That's why I thought we did laughs from the past, which you could check out the new episode of today. But that's it's disrespectful to me and my natives that you slaughtered. Thanksgiving's cool. I I like the geo, 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 little, 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 geographical polls to show like the sides that are popular in different places. Sure. Because it's like all different. Yeah. Like um, turkey stays the same. You're Italian. Do you do Italian meal before Thanksgiving? Not really. I mean, we accidentally sometimes, but it's not not like planned. <laughs> when uh, when we did it with our Italian friends when we lived in California, we'd have a full Italian meal, and then yeah. you wait like two hours, then you have the Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, Italians just think of excuses to sneak in extra Italian meals with all the fishes and Christmas. Like, the, the Thanksgiving Italian tradition of sneaking in a full Italian meal? Like that's, that's not a tradition. That's just doing the damn thing. That's just mom's going to be in the kitchen, so she's going to make a lasagna. Yep, Italians doing Italian stuff. Uh, my aunt, who had hosted Thanksgiving, like, all my younger years, they're Jewish, and she would make a Kugel? Kegel? Kugel? Not a Kegel. Yeah, not a Kegel. A Kugel. It's like a Jewish noodle dish. That okay. was my favorite favorite dish for okay, sure. I'm in, but I, I'm a big fan of stuffing. Big fan of making a sandwich. First time I ever had Thanksgiving with Katie's family in California, I made a sandwich, and Katie was like, "You can't do that." I'm like, well, I'm going to. Well, it's happening. It's it's in my stomach. Yeah, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy are like some some of my all time sides. Yeah, I I admit the turkey is just a, it becomes bread for me. It's a vehicle. Yeah, that's why I'd swap it out with ham because I like the ham. Right, that's fine. Just disrespectful. Disrevel for Jake for making me choose one. Sorry, Jakey Halcom. His name's Jakey. Thanks, Jakey. What else do we got going on today? You've got Talking Huskies, the first first game. We got laughs from the past about uh, the Battle of Antietam and how it was all foiled by three cigars being found in the field. There's a funny video out of the Rebel Yell with uh, some guys from the 1920s who were Civil War soldiers. I put it on Twitter and Instagram, laughs in the past. Uh, that video, Jake, is so weird to me. because like those dudes are in the Civil War, and we can hear their voices and see them. There's one part on the full video. This is a quick little thing, I'll just, and then we'll go. One part on the full video of those old men doing the rebel yell, where there's one guy who announces them, and then they do the individual yell. It's like 1920s, and these guys are like 80 years old. And one guy starts to yell, and the other man says, wait, hold up. And it's just so modern, like that, just those three words are so modern, but this is from 1918, it's like 100 years old, or it just yeah. kind of like took me back, like, whoa, he's everything else they're saying, it's kind of like, you're talking like an old guy, but then, wait, hold up, it's so, it weirded me out. Yeah, hold up went through like a, a life cycle already. Yeah. Like, hold up, hold up. Yeah, but he didn't even that say like that, he just kind of said, wait, hold up. Yeah. That's cool. All right. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. It is Den Tuesday, Dead Tuesday and Blind Melon. Shannon Hoon, rest in peace. He's taking us out. Thank you very much for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, t-shirt contest. So write a review. End of, the, end of November. We're doing custom one-off t-shirt that you will get if you win. Thanks for listening. See you guys.